Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, we have the distinct honor to have our local ISSA chapter president, Ernest Campos, who is also very, uh, very well credentialed, uh, certified chief information security officer, a federally certified CIO, uh, currently the functioning chief information security officer for the L3 Harris Mosaic contract. And many of you in the government will know that that's a big thing. And formerly several startups, I won you were said you were the COO of your own startup, but uh, a long list of experience and it's an honor to have you on Ernest. Thank you, Chris. It's an honor to be here with you today. Definitely. So give us, people always want to know people in your position, how did we get there? You know, what was your background? What was your interest as that, the little kid, the little Ernest, you know? Yeah. Give, give us your kind of, your background. So growing up, I always had a, a strong STEM uh, interest. Uh, if it was geeky, I was, I was kind of into it. Uh, building computers at a young age, taking computer classes uh, when they weren't quite popular to do so at the time. But uh, continued with that interest going into college and then took that further into the Air Force. Uh, once uh, I did that, um, I worked in the cyber, uh, in the computer communications field and uh, had some wonderful assignments to include uh, six years at the White House, where I did uh, presidential computer communications. Um, that kind of launched me a little bit deeper into some of the more technical aspects of computers, more so than I'd ever been growing up uh, and up until that point in my life. Um, that enabled me to spend about 11 years in the Air Force, after which I joined industry working for Hewlett Packard Company, supporting their intelligence community, specifically uh, managing their complex computing solutions, which at that time included um, cybersecurity, um, as well as cloud computing and big data, and a number of other um, birthing um, large technologies at that time. Did that for probably the better part of 13 years, after which time um, I moved to Colorado Springs, started my own company, again, uh, aligned with cybersecurity. Uh, this time, not just in general with all complex, but specifically and solely focused on cybersecurity. And, uh, and from there, um, I was approached to, uh, to join a company, Harris Corporation, now known as L3 Harris Technologies with uh, their, their merger last year with, uh, with L3. And uh, I'm functioning as a, a program level cybersecurity CISO uh, for a $2.2 billion contract uh, that you mentioned, the, uh, the L3 Harris Mosaic contract. Uh, again, all public information there. But uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to use uh, the talents that I've uh, been blessed with throughout my entire career to hone it and to actually institute a grounds up cybersecurity program. And uh, it's, it's thrilling, it's uh, terrifying, 
It's exhausting. It's exhilarating. It's many things, but uh, it's something I truly enjoy. So contrast that your own company and doing that startup to what you do now. Tell me, you know, what's the biggest contrast there? Oh, the largest contrast would probably be the, the magnitude of impact. Uh, not only am I doing things that are locally, but uh, the, the implications of what I manage and oversee and the teams of people who work with me, uh, it has global ramifications. Uh, we are responsible for ensuring strong cybersecurity capabilities are instituted at a number of locations around the world. Um, and not only that they're functioning um, with, with proper security measures put into place, but that we are meeting specific uh, government-directed guidelines as we do it. Uh, a lot of turning parts, a lot of moving parts, uh, very intricate, um, a lot of documentation, a lot of engineering, a lot of architecting, and a lot of theory involved. And uh, again, all of these things are just wonderful. And uh, I've got a great team of folks working for me. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's been said, if you surround yourself with great talent, then uh, you, you, you stand a likelihood of, of strong success. And uh, I'm happy to say that that's, that's the environment that we've put together. Yeah. Let's take a break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with Ernest Campost, uh, the local ISSA president for the Colorado Springs chapter. And uh, before the break, we, we, I'd ask you to contrast your working as a startup versus the big, big corporation. It sounds like in that explanation that you find the larger corporation you're with now more fulfilling on a personal level. I do, largely because I've had the ability to have a number of successes in my career uh, and I've enjoyed every one of those. But uh, you know what? If, if you are the only one at the top of the mountain, it gets pretty lonely. So these days I dedicate most, if not all of my time, to not only ensuring my responsibilities are being met, but that I'm helping other people to get to the top of their mountains as well. You know, call it a give back, if you will. But uh, it's important to me that uh, as I as I work with the community and a lot of the professionals within the community, where I see that they are striving for their next steps in their careers, I see I have the opportunity to help them reach that next step. And I make, uh, I make it a point in my life to do all that I can to, to make those opportunities available to others. Yep, and I see that all the time. You're doing so many things for the local community, so many things for people around, and I applaud that and extend out to help in any way I can, and you, you've seen that as well. Yeah. Something you said, though, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about, working at the White House. <laughs> so I, I, when's the tell-all book coming out, you know? <laughs> Well, What's that like? um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I've, I've signed more than a few agreements to, to say <laughs> nothing on those matters. But I will tell you that it was a wonderful experience. 
Um, I was a young airman at the time going into that opportunity, not quite, um, not quite certain what I was getting into, a little bit uh, ignorant of the world. Uh, the, the position did require me to travel extensively around the world uh, throughout the, the, year, the years that I was with, uh, with the White House, mostly um, in advance of the president or his staff, uh, setting up the infrastructure in anticipation of their arrival, supporting them while they were on the ground, packing things up and moving to the next city as soon as they departed over and over and over again. In addition to uh, our in-town mission, as we took turns trading off the opportunities to travel. Uh, that experience, however, was, was phenomenal for a number of different reasons. Um, I talked about the complexity and how it really opened my eyes and expanded uh, my, my interaction and exposure to various different technologies, uh, both small and large. But uh, uh, doing so in, in a, an environment where there is zero opportunity for error, where perfection is expected at all times, it's incredible how perfection became my habit. And not just mine, but all of us who were assigned to, to work there. It was what we did. And anything less than that was just not acceptable. Uh, I've you know, carried those, those instituted values throughout my career since then. And uh, again, it, it, it serves as the mark that I try to strive for. Interesting. It definitely would have, and I know I worked on nuclear power plants, and it definitely the same type of thing, Indeed. where you know the wrong turn of a valve caused something that was unacceptable. Yeah. So I understand that that, uh, and I and the, working in the you still work in the government. I purposely have kind of stepped away from the government because I like a little more forgiving, but that creative <laughs> side. I'm more of the entrepreneur. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But you know, everybody has their own and takes all, the, all of us to make this community. And we have such a great community here in Colorado Springs, ISSA being a big, big part of that, um, where it's just the kind of, that's the, 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 the umbrella under which all the pieces kind of start and have it, even if they're only a little bit, they're all connected through ISSA. Um, and that chapter here being, I think the third largest in the world, right? Out of right. what? How many chapters are there worldwide? Uh, nearly 170, if I'm not mistaken. 170. And what, two of those are in Colorado as well, right? Well, actually, Colorado is four chapters strong. As of uh, just earlier this year, we, we, uh, our chapter, ISSA Colorado Springs, um, big brother to the, uh, the newly minted uh, ISSA Pueblo chapter. And so we've been assisting them with a lot of their startup activities. So they were the fourth one to be added to our state. Yeah, but I mean, the top, out of the top three, two of them are in the state here, right? Oh, indeed, yeah, Denver and ourselves. Yeah, and where, where's the third one? Where's that round out at? Uh, I think I think it goes back and forth between Raleigh and uh, North Carolina and Fairfax, Virginia. They're constantly flipping that coin. So that makes sense because that's the cyber cyber areas out there in the East Coast. Yeah, definitely. But um, tell us about you know what you know, chapters doing it around Colorado Springs and what can we expect over the next time and what has COVID caused us to, to do here as a, you know, sidebar? Yeah, absolutely happy to do that. So ISSA Colorado Springs, um, we're, you know, in, in 2021, we're going to be ex uh, celebrating our 30th anniversary as a information assurance, computer Security, cybersecurity over the years, all those, those different titles and associations. Um, 30 years of operation within the Colorado Springs region. Uh, in some capacity, you could say we are the, we're the OG of cyber for, uh, for Colorado. 
uh, in specifically Colorado Springs, and uh, and since us, a number of other organizations have have uh, spun up since then. Um, but that has given us the ability to have a strong impact within our community, and that is a value that we have always held dear. Uh, as as one of our guiding principles is is to not just be uh, an asset to our own chapter members, of which we are nearly 400 members strong uh, within our region alone, but to also be a partner with all of our community partners. You go to other cities, and again, I'm, I've spent time in, in D.C. and Washington, D.C. And, and other locales, uh, where collaboration like what we experience here in Colorado Springs does not exist. It's more competitive. But out here in Colorado Springs, all of these different organizations band together to support one another um, in, in their own interests and endeavors. And that has afforded us the ability to partner with well over 25 different organizations based in Colorado Springs that we have a personal story with. Opportunities where we took on uh, an effort to help them succeed in their objectives. They've done likewise with ours. And uh, they're all on speed dial. We, we know them by first names and we can call upon them at any given time. Uh, that makes for a strong community and uh, one that we're proud to be part of. Yeah, and you have a, an upcoming event here we want to talk about, just kind of get the word out because we've opened it up international with everything coming online. So yeah. go ahead and make that, uh, that, that call as to when that's coming up and what we're doing with it. Sure, sure. And this, this has, uh, uh, has to do with the impacts of COVID. Uh, a lot of chapters within ISSA, unfortunately, were forced to suspend operations because of COVID. Again, they're, they're not as large as we are, and so their ability to continue operations um, aren't as strong as, as other chapters, for example, ours. But we were able to quickly shift to a virtual format, which enabled us within two weeks' time, 10 days actually, go from pure in-person events to pure virtual events. So throughout the year since uh, April, we've been hosting a number of uh, bi-monthly webinars where we take the same type of content and material that we would normally post or present in person, and we now do so in a virtual environment. Um, and that includes one of our two upcoming annual conferences. In September, we usually have a very large conference, nationally attended, uh, focused purely on, on cybersecurity. And uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, we've been forced to recently shift that to a pure virtual conference. As such, we've changed the dates instead of September. The event will now be taking place the week of November 16th. Um, but we have gotten a concurrence from all of our keynote speakers, sponsors, and exhibitors to, uh, to shift their functions and support for this event uh, to a pure virtual environment. So not only will, we, will our keynote speakers and breakout sessions and, and um, uh, panel discussions be switched to virtual, but we will be providing virtual experiences for all of our exhibitors and sponsors as well. Um, this is causing us to take what would normally be a three-day event and expand it into uh, four days. We're gonna kick off with a virtual job fair through a collaboration we've put in place with Cleared Careers, LLC. They are a job fair engines located here in Colorado, very successful organization. And they will be uh, promoting a peak cyber symposium job fair for us on uh, November 16th. The day after, on the 17th, through our relationships with Splunk and Epic Concepts, we're going to be hosting a fully online uh, Boss of the Knock Capture the Flag event. This will be a full day event with a number of prizes associated with it. So if anyone is interested in participating, it is 
purely from I've never touched a keyboard to the most savvy of, of technologists. Uh, right. There's room so for just want to, I'm going to break for our sponsors, but we want to come back and talk about the rest of the event. So days three and four, we'll be right back okay. with our sponsors. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with the local ISSA chapter president, Ernest Campos, and he was telling us about the event uh, they just kind of announced on this show. We're talking about it for the first time coming up in November, but we talked about the first two days uh, and then rounding off with a, a, a cyber capture the flag on the second day, an events a job fair on the first day, and now the third day getting into the program. Let's go ahead yeah. and continue. Thank you, Chris. Yes, days three and four are dedicated to our keynote speakers, breakout sessions, and panel discussions. We've got a number of high-profile guest speakers who are going to be participating with us. What would normally be eight hours of programming each day is now going to be stretched to 10, possibly 12 hours as we incorporate a number of virtual experiences with each of our sponsors and exhibitors. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for individuals across uh, the nation, if not the world, to dial in and participate. Uh, early bird registration is nearly free for everyone. Um, and even when it does come to uh, cost when early bird is expired, uh, the, the cost is nominal in terms of, of other uh, types of conferences. So really is an open opportunity for just about anybody to be a participant in this event. Interesting, so, and when does early bird open, close, and when, when What's your so date early bird registration is already open. Again, we were planning on an in-person event. Uh, so early bird registration will continue. Um, now that the event has been moved from September to November, we will have extended early bird. I anticipate uh, regular registration to go into effect probably 30 days prior to the actual event. So still quite a bit of time to, to get uh, registered. Then we got some time to get the message out. And I think, uh, Maybe we can we can get a little bit more larger reach here because there's, you know that that conference has been well attended around here and like you said it's it's economical it's not, you know thousands and thousands you pay for some of the big conferences. Indeed. Yeah, yes, definitely. So um, other things I'm just kind of looking at our list of things so uh, we talked we we've uh, we mentioned before. Um, talk about the the cybersecurity leaders roundtable that we have here. You're kind of the first one I've had on from that group. And uh, talk about what they're doing here in the Springs and what kind of influence you can see that having. Indeed. I'm glad you brought that up because that is worthy of, of being mentioned. Um, I, we've talked about how we have such a strong cybersecurity presence here in Colorado Springs, a number of different organizations that participate in that. Uh, recently, I'd say coming out of 2019, probably fall of 2019, uh, there were some great ideas among some core uh, individuals who decided all of us should band together, these organizations, although we're already supporting one another, maybe we should put together a leaders group, a representative from each of these organizations to come together collectively at least once a month, if not more often, 
where we could discuss all that our organizations um, are independently doing in support of cybersecurity, uh, both from uh, an events perspective and from a tangible advancing the industry perspective. And since we've kicked off that, that event uh, probably six months ago, uh, the opportunities to collaborate have been phenomenal. It's, it's been not a slow start, but uh, try and keep up kind of start in terms of all the good that we've been able to do. Uh, we're supporting each other's um, activities and endeavors. We're sharing resources, personnel, um, funding, and, and assets and talent uh, so that we can invest in advancing different cybersecurity initiatives, again, in terms of a solutioning, a technical and architecting, intellectual uh, knowledge sharing, and, uh, and even just from hosting various events. Uh, the opportunity to support one another uh, really has assisted us greatly in, in, our, in our mutual pursuit to support our, our industry from within our own region. Yeah, and that's, that's really interesting just to add on to it because uh, myself being a part of that, um, we have outreach people, we have business development, a local workforce, universities, cyber organizations, uh, governmental non and nonprofit organizations, uh, uh, information sharing, sponsored information organizations, the ISSA, um, uh, the I2C, local I2C chapter, IEEE chapters, I think are represented, but just basically everybody that has a footprint in cyber coming together and some of our big institutions around here, like the United States Air Force Academy mm-hmm. also, um, and some of the military operations are really uh, provide that kind of cornerstone, but um I think there's a great uh, synergy to be held there that you don't see in other areas and other local communities. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we come uh, rather humble. We, when we get together, uh, no one's agenda is greater than any others. And it's not what, uh, um, you know, it's what we can do for each other and not what we can do for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm trying to think, we're kind of, Looking at uh, just looking at our list of things that we have going on with ISSA, there's so many of them, so many organizations that you have strategic partnerships with. Maybe touch on some of those and what types of things, you know, other chapters might even start to look at do that that they've they might have heard here. Sure, sure. So, like a non, any, many other nonprofits, we we do rely upon the generosity of sponsors, um, but uh, we also put together strategic relationships that are non-sponsored based. And really what we are interested in those types of relationships is tapping into the intellectual capital of various organizations, what they do at a private or public level and making those services and capabilities available specifically for the members of our chapter. Uh, This adds value to our chapter experience, uh, enables our our members uh, to also obtain various services that they would otherwise have to pay pay full dollar for um, outside of our, of our relationship or else would simply not have access to these services at all. So our relationships with organizations such as the National Cyber Exchange, uh, InfoTech Research Group, Goodwill and, uh, and their joint campaign with Goodwill, excuse me, um, Goodwill and their joint campaign with Google uh, to provide no cost cyber, um, cybersecurity, security plus training and seats is, is a big one that we are privileged to participate in, um, as well as our uh, relationship with IEPP, which enables all of our members to have access to no cost to a lot of the content that they make publicly available at cost, um, but no cost to us. Uh, 
These types of relationships uh, not only add value to their organization because we share of our resources and our memberships uh, to them so they get to tap into that, but we also get to tap into the resources that they have. As an example, uh, InfoTech Research Group has over 250 cybersecurity-based analysts. These are researchers who live and breathe research. Give them a topic and they want to learn about it. And uh, that enables our members to give them a topic, give them a time frame, and these analysts will come back with as much detail and data as they can find, which our, uh, our professionals, our, our members of our chapter are able to use as a part of their day-to-day -day job, maybe research papers, um, educational uh, endeavors, whatever it is that they have the need for, no questions asked, and, and that's fostered through our relationship. And that's a uh, service that's only provided to the general members of our chapter, not otherwise publicly available. Um, Nash, our relationship with National Cyber Exchange, NCX, gives us the ability to subscribe to uh, vulnerability notifications in near real time with instructions on how best to respond to those. Uh, a lot of our professionals are engineers or architects, system administrators, and they need that type of information for their jobs on a daily basis. And it's really valuable for them to have those services. Again, not something that's available at no cost or, or even a low cost to the general public, but it is for our organization. Definitely. So, so many things going on. I'm sure we missed some and whatever, but uh, tell us about anything you would need people to reach out to you for, how they would get a hold of you, what support do you need or, 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 or what, you know, we talked about the event, anything else that people can come become involved with? Sure. Thank you. Always looking for interested organizations who would like to partner with us, either at a strategic level or at a sponsorship level. Of course, there are benefits associated with each, and uh, sponsorships are quite lucrative, uh, provide a great deal of promotion for the organizations that choose uh, to sponsor us on an annual basis, and give us the ability to tap into their resources, their professionals, and give them an audience 400 people strong where they can communicate their own messages. Maybe they've, you know, maybe an at-cost organization, but uh, their solutions can be presented to the members of our chapter as, as ways of handling real problems or challenges that exist within the cybersecurity industry. Our, again, our technical membership is very interested in hearing those types of presentations. So any collaboration we can do with any organization where we can give them the audience and give them the time where they can share and dispense talent knowledge to, uh, to our group is something we look forward to. Apart from that, our strategic partnerships, we're always looking to develop those, again, so it's mutually beneficial with other organizations. Uh, we do a number of monthly programmings where we, look, where we host webinars, uh, always looking for guest speakers at a 30, 45, or even 60-minute interval. Uh, we've got the audience, we've got the time, we've got the platform, we just need the speakers. And uh, if anyone's interested in, in signing up for one of those, you're welcome to reach out to me specifically. I can be reached at president at issa-cos.org. Our website is www.issa-cos.org. And you can find lots more information there. All right, that's a good way to reach out to you and good things that, that people can, can come to you for. So thanks a lot for, for joining today, Ernest. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. I've enjoyed this time. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed 
bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert. Just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.